0: Huberto walks in, makes a move and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jason Olive and Doug Pliggins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans here with you, alongside Jameson Olive. Lots to get to here on this edition of Territory Talk. And again, we thank you very much for being on board. Whether you're listening at FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, you can find Territory Talk. So we thank you very much for being on board with us. Here today, and I mentioned lots to get to. We have Red Deer Randy Moeller stopping by here in just a little bit from Fox Sports Florida, Panthers broadcaster. So we're going to be talking to him in a little bit. We'll catch up with him, see what he's been up to. We'll talk about the Panthers-Islanders matchup that's going to take place down the road. Lots to get to on that as we continue previewing that qualifying round series. So again, a big program for you once again. But Jameson, we do have the Panthers and the Islanders coming up down the road. No times and dates uh, announced yet, but there's hockey coming up this week. And we've been talking about the Panthers Twitch stream quite a bit on recent episodes of Territory Talk. The biggest
1: Panthers Twitch event to date is coming up on Thursday. It, it is. It's it's the, the the battle for the ages. Uh, best on best. It's going to be Jonathan Huberto uh, taking on Alexander Barkov. I mean, two, both guys are all-stars. Both guys have scored 90 points in this league. Uh, Huberto led the team in scoring this season. Barkov led the team in scoring last season. Uh, they're even. They're so close in so many ways. I mean, Huberto, obviously, the franchise's all-time scoring leader right now. Barkov in third on his tail. They're so close. They're so even on the ice. We finally need some way to decide who's better once and for all It's and to come down to uh, a best-of-three series on NHL 20. Like you said, uh, we launched the Twitch stream uh, a little bit earlier during the pause. It's been you know going great since. This is our first real big event with it we've done so far, other than the actual launch, which we did with uh, myself, you, and Randy Moeller, which was great. Um, but this is it's going to be big, and the, the guys are, I know are really excited about it. Both Huberto and Barkov like uh, playing games. They're avid gamers. Obviously, they, they love Call of Duty, but they also love NHL. Um, and it's just going to be a, a really good time. So, I mean, uh, twitch.tv slash FLA Panthers. Uh, head over there. Give us a Follow, subscribe if you want. All the all the money that we generate from the uh, channel goes to the Florida Panthers Foundation. So come watch. Uh, It's going to be Thursday at two o'clock. You know, good afternoon watch. Uh, A chance for the Finland crowd as well to get in there and cheer on Barkov, so they won't be in bed just yet. But it's going to be a great time. Come watch, chat. You know, see maybe a different side of the guys you're not used to seeing on the ice. Uh, These you know just laid back in their houses playing video games. A special hello to all of our friends tuned in out there in Finland. Hello to everybody. But when
0: we were out there, and we haven't forgotten this, when we were out (laughs) there in Finland. And we uh, we had a chance to to meet a few of you uh, who are out there and it was it was really cool to see how far territory talk uh, had, had stretched and reached it uh, at that point in time we're so, big fans uh, of Finland. yes big uh, big thanks everybody for tuning in A special hello to everybody tuned in out there and for those new to it uh, again we've talked about this and there might be some people tuned in maybe aren't avid gamers obviously you have a lot of folks out there who are avid gamers who are uh, you know plugged in on the twitch side of things who uh, are, are involved in that already But there might be some people who aren't avid gamers, but the big thing that I've been driving home is you don't have to be an avid gamer to be entertained by this. No, it's great. To be able great. to go on because you're not just watching, you know, you're not just watching people play a video game. You're watching people interact. You're kind of looking, if, if I had to describe it, it's almost like you're watching a talk show that happens
1: to revolve around a video it's, it, it's an It's an active talk show, basically, yes. and it's great, like you said. Um, the big question, though, going in, like I said, best of three series uh, both guys playing as the Panthers. Both guys will have an assistant. So uh, in order to keep this live and keep their production values up, uh, each of them will be playing with one per- one other person. Uh, I'll be one of those people. Mike from our PR department will be another one of those people. We'll be player locked and a defender so that, the, you know, we're not getting too much in the way. We have low responsibility there. Limiting your involvement. Limiting our involvement. Uh, but uh, at the end of each game, the, loser, the whoever loses can, you know, if they feel like their defender's not helping them out, they can trade them, they can swap. Uh, so for the most part, this is very heavy. Uh, uh, Huberto versus Barkov and I got to ask Doug who you got because a lot of factors going here and, and, I, and I'll go first only because we've seen him play before obviously I, I've t- I feel like I've been talking to Barky uh, about NHL games ever since he got drafted because he's, he's always been a fan and you know asking about his ratings asking about who he's playing with you know I know he does a lot of uh, games with his uh, friends and stuff like that but Huberto we recently saw back in uh, I believe it was uh, May the play- NHL player gaming challenge and he absolutely lit up getting. He- Kuznetsov from the Washington Capitals so I've uh, that's recency bias I've seen him absolutely dominate in the last two months here so I'm picking Jonathan Huberto
0: well I guess I'll pick Alexander Barkov just to pick the the opposite side of things we know uh, we know he's an avid gamer Uh, you know we know that uh, that he that he's big on Call of Duty and and things like that so um, just to you know if you're going to pick Huberto I'm going to pick Alexander Barkov we'll uh, we'll see how things uh, things match up in it and we'll have the full recap coming up on next week's edition. It's going to be a fun time. recap. Yes, yeah. it is. It is going to be uh, a lot of fun. We'll have, uh, you know, kind of an extended post game look back at the <laughs> big Twitch matchup that's coming up on Thursday at 2 p.m. More info at FloridaPanthers.com. And if you want more info on the Panthers Twitch stream at FLA Panthers game, there's yes. a Twitter handle dedicated to information on the Panthers' Twitch and just general stream. gaming news. and Yes, and it, and it all helps out a great cause when you subscribe, so be sure to go check that out. Again, Territory Talk presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Well, we promised it, and now we are going to deliver it, our conversation with Panthers broadcaster Randy Moeller from Fox Sports Florida. Let's get right into that discussion right now. Well, Randy, thanks very much for joining us today. First thing, how have you been? What have you been up to?
2: Well, like everybody else, just trying to stay safe and healthy. And uh, I, it's amazing how you you find new things, you rediscover new things. I mean, I'm a I'm a big cook. I, I love to cook. Um, I don't consider myself a chef, but uh, being inside and being kind of uh, quarantined for a, a, a bit, it, it, it really gives you an appreciation of some of the some of the things that you do enjoy besides our regular jobs of uh, obviously broadcasting hockey games and being a, uh, involved with an NHL team. So I've done a lot of cooking, um, and uh, really like uh, like a lot of people, uh, a lot of reading, catching up, a lot of history, a lot of. Uh, history of the of the game of hockey the appreciation you have now of where we were and where we're at and, and hopefully where we're going to go that that kind of spikes your interest on the on looking back and 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 the heritage of especially the game of hockey and so I have got, over the number of years I've collected a lot of uh, hockey uh, books memorabilia and that and uh it's given me an opportunity to go back and really dive in and uh and I've actually learned quite a bit uh some some of the things i didn't realize how the game has changed over generation to generation
0: well a couple of things on that first off the ice you said you're not going to call yourself a chef but we're going to ask you what has been your favorite chef randy creation that uh, that you've come up with uh, in the kitchen here over the last couple of months and then going off the hockey part of it what's a a particularly interesting uh, hockey historical uh, item that you've you've been able to dig into
2: we'll start with the with the food, which is uh, high on high on my list, and uh, I, I I have run the gamut as as far as uh, some of my favorites, which are chicken parm, uh, lasagna, a lot of Italian uh, a lot of Italian uh, dishes. I've uh, done a lot of baking as well, a lot of baking uh, of cakes and pies, of fresh apple and berry pies. Uh, Banana bread, uh, cake, uh, those type of things. Uh, uh, beef tenderloin. I've done a lot, a ton of barbecuing and experimenting with that as well. Some different recipes. Sometimes some things that you really don't uh, consider barbecuing, but we've we've uh, expanded on that. So I, I really enjoyed that that part of it, and I challenge myself to, to come up uh, a couple times a week. Uh, to make something that maybe I haven't made before or haven't made in a long time. Um, of course, uh, gumbo. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, uh, of Mexican dishes as well. So experimenting with uh, different ways of, of trying to incorporate chicken. and but, but in the meantime, trying to stay healthy as well. So as far as expanding on, on the hockey side – there's a there's a number of, uh, of books that uh, I read years ago that I've kept. Um, I, I'm a big uh, a big fan of, of, of back in the uh, '60s and '70s. So I reread the the Bobby Orr book, um, his memoirs, and and uh, and there's some other ones as as well that uh, uh, from Canada, the history of the sport in Canada, and, and especially the province. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be. Involved and, and be a part of a, a book of uh, of Alberta hockey players over the years, and all the way from the Bentley brothers, Max and uh, and and uh, and the, the Bentley brothers, but also to the Sutter brothers and 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 that and my brother Mike and I that played in the NHL. So reread a, a few of those books as well. So um, just catching up, but I tell you what, nothing uh, nothing's going to replace getting back. And broadcasting Panther, you know, hockey games here, and especially in the play-in against the New York Islanders, and hopefully uh, the first round as well. I'm really looking forward to it, and I, I know I've used the word uh, 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 quite a bit here but uh you really gain an appreciation of what you had and and uh, what you've missed and and it puts things in perspective hopefully when we come back that everybody is healthy and, and we can get some kind of normalcy that, that 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 we've been missing here over the last three months
1: and randy i gotta ask on the topics of books and biographies can we ever expect a, a randy moeller memoir because i feel like you've got more stories than than anyone doug and i know
2: I've kicked it around a little bit. Uh, Maybe I I got serious a little bit uh, a while ago and and I thought about it. Um, I I really feel, and I'm not not too sure if, if I should take the lead of it, but you know, the history of the Florida Panthers, from, from the expansion, uh, the uh, franchise being awarded to H Wayne Hyzinga and, and those first few years and, and that, and then, and, and then take it through the, the number of, uh, ownerships up until the current ownership of Vinny Viola. I think that'd be very, very interesting. I've kicked it around a little bit. Maybe, maybe it will spike my interest again, uh, in the next couple of years, but there's a lot of history and a lot of, uh, behind the scenes stuff that I, I, I don't think a lot of even Panther fans that have followed the sport here and, and the team here for the last 25 years 26 years I don't think that they realize. I think it'd be very interesting, and uh, you never know. Uh, I, I, I might take a stab at it over the, uh, the next few years.
0: And Randy, we've uh, we've obviously had a chance here over these last couple of months to uh, take a few trips down Panthers memory lane as well. We've had you know uh, best of games on on Fox Sports Florida and on uh, on Five Sixty the Joe. Uh, anything that you've particularly enjoyed as far as going back through the uh, the Panthers history over these last couple of Months. I know you, you even had a chance to chat with Pavel Bure.
2: Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed, I enjoyed all of the, the best of games, uh, whether they're on Fox Sports Florida or, or uh, on the radio, uh, the, some of your calls, Doug, um, that brings back some real, really, really nice memories, whether it's short-term or long-term, but as you mentioned, specifically the Pavel Bury when he arrived in, in South Florida uh, in that trade in the middle of the season uh, from the Vancouver Canucks, and, and the immediate impact that he had, and and how he just electrified the crowds here, and and he had, the success that he had, and the and the offensive numbers that he put up, you know, you, you knew about it. But when we when you see him play and the games that he played, and and uh, how he how he kept himself and how competitive he was off and on the ice, and that uh, it was a real thrill. It just it was just unfortunate, and, and on a sad note that it just didn't last very long. And, and you, you often think back, you know, what if. If uh if Pavel Burry could have played another four or five years with a team and, and and had the health. I mean he had all those uh he had some uh some major injuries that he towards the end that really derailed his, his career, I thought, uh, short term. Um, what do you know the what ifs and, and what could have happened in that and look back? But to, to, to see him, some of the other uh, older games as, as, as well, some of the first games of the franchise, seeing guys like Scott Mellenby and Robbie Niedemeyer and Brian Scrudlin, and, and that, that, that brought back a lot of fond memories as well because the character on that team and the personalities on that team were almost as popular as the success that they had for me in, a, in an expansion club.
0: And Randy, one more thing on on Pavel Bure. And you mentioned it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a you know an incredibly long period of time. But in all of your years in the sport, through your playing career and through your broadcasting career, I'd imagine. And you use the word electrifying. The list of players that really have that rock star quality about them, where it almost goes above and beyond superstar status. Pavel Bure was on that list. I mean, that's that's a pretty short list of guys that have been able to as you said, electrify electrify a crowd uh, quite like he could?
2: Well, he was such a unique uh, – uh, the way he played the game and the speed that he possessed and the way uh, – and then his personality and, and his aura off the ice as well. You're right. It's uh, You can compare it to a rock star. I, I had the opportunity as well to compare – uh, I played a short time with, uh, with Mark Messier when he arrived uh, with the New York Rangers, uh, a couple of years before they won the Stanley Cup. And it was the same thing when he walked into that room, the respect that, he, that he demanded. And the same thing with, with Pavel Burry. And uh, I think we talked about it before where it was unheard of, unheard of or, or, uh, or TV rights holder down here at the time, a sports channel, uh, Florida. Um, they designated after he came in and and just caught fire and the Panthers were winning and he was putting up those offensive numbers and scoring these highlight goals that they had never been heard of before. They dedicated a camera for an RSN regional sports network. They dedicated one camera, Every home game, uh, that all they did, that cameraman was shoot Pavel Bury, whether he was on the bench or on the ice. And when he was on the ice, they and it was called the Rocket Cam, and uh, they would have it as a sidebar on the side. They, they would promote, here's the Rocket Cam, and and that and show Pavel Bury. even when he didn't even have the puck, the way he would position himself, and that I thought that was uh, that was really. Uh, uh, cool the way, uh, and the the dedication and, and that, and the fans loved it. And, and then after that, you started, you started to see more and more isolation cameras for some of the top players in in all sports. And it, it kind of was a trend center at the time.
1: And Randy, in terms of the hockey media world, uh, Pavel Berge is kind of one of those white whales. He really doesn't do much of any interviews throughout the years. He really doesn't show up at alumni events for other teams or NHL events. He, he really doesn't surface too often. So just kind of what was your reaction when you found out not only did he want to do the interview with you, but I mean, Doug and I both watched it. He seemed really just excited to to be there.
2: Yeah, it's kind of strange because I've told people and that and for whatever reason I never I could never understand it Um, when he was with the Florida Panthers you know I I had a relationship with him just like any other player broadcaster uh, and that Um, we didn't really hang out and, and, and that too much but we always talked, and I think we had a mutual respect. And even when he left and even after he retired, um, I had his number and, and that or, and his email address. And whenever I touch base with him, he'd always get back to me very quickly. And uh, and I never really pushed too much on him and, and that. But, yeah, I, that, was, that was a lot of fun, being able to talk with uh, Pavel here, uh, you know, a couple months ago uh, and, and get caught up. And, 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 and it's no surprise that he's having success. Um, and some of the other business ventures that he's doing, he's living over in Russia right now, and I think he really is enjoying uh, his young family. He's got a young family, the children, and that. And uh, um, I know that uh, I can imagine those those kids are going to be quite the athletes as well. But um, I've, uh, I've always been very appreciative of, of of his time, and 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 very respectful of his time as well. But uh, it's nice. It's a it's a real bright spot in the Panthers' uh, uh, history. Uh, the the Pavel brewery generation uh, era that, uh, that 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 when he was down here. so um, I, I, I just hope that he has the the, the health and hopefully we can uh, hear about his kids. I'm sure that there's boys in there that they're gonna they're gonna have success as hockey players as well.
0: And Randy, bringing it now to the to the here and now, uh, what's it been like for you? How excited have you been to you know from the NHL's announcement for a, a plan to return to play, going through the steps here as we get closer and closer to this qualifying round series between the Panthers and the Islanders? Uh, how exciting has it been for you to to see that light at the end of the tunnel? Now, obviously, we don't have times and dates confirmed yet, but to know that uh, there is going to be hockey and and we're going to have some uh, some very important games coming up here at some point in time
2: oh i I, yeah i'm like everybody else i'm just giddy i i'm so excited and that but i'm cautiously optimistic as well i mean we've never ever gone through this before and uh with the with the the pandemic and and how the stages and and that and i often catch myself yeah on the one end as you mentioned we're all excited that Keep her fingers crossed that we're going to have NHL hockey and the Panthers will be a part of it. And what really excites me is the Panthers have just as good a chance to make a real deep run in the playoffs as any team. And with Sergey Bobrovsky 100% uh, healthy, healthy, uh Barkov, Huberto, all their star, all their core players are are one hundred percent healthy. Um, that's really exciting and the potential for this young hockey club. I think they'll be very hungry. Hopefully they can gel very quickly under Joel Quenville. And if they do, they can they can have a lot of success and and hopefully it starts in that first round against the Islanders. But but on the other side I, I get um, I, I'm always very curious because, as I mentioned, to answer this question is, you know, we've, nobody's ever gone through this before. So, you know, you, you you constantly ask yourself questions. Well, what about this? Well, how is this going to work? And how is that? How are we going to broadcast these games? And and how how are this and, and what what are the teams going to do for call ups? And well, how are injuries? And, and what about this and that? This is all going to be uh, uh, worked out, obviously. But we're going to go through. This and basically winging it, and uh, that's exciting. Yet it, it's terrifying for me as well because we just don't know all the the nuances of of how we're, how hockey going to play out and who's going to be awarded the Stanley Cup at the end of this run and that. But I'm definitely looking forward to it, um, preparing for it, and uh, I just I, I, I pray that uh, everybody stays healthy that's involved in in this. That we can that we can really have a great showcase, and I think the fans are are starving for this exciting uh, playoffs for the for the uh, the NHL. And I'm very 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 glad that the Panthers are a part of it.
1: And Randy, uh, obviously, like you said, fingers crossed, everything goes smooth. We get there, we have a chance to play. But you mentioned a couple names when you kind of talk about Alexander Barkov, Jonathan Huberto, Aaron Ekblad, the kind of the, the young core that all three of us have you know watched since draft day up till now. We've watched them develop. How important is it for those guys to take that next step to And win a playoff round here with the opportunity they have.
2: Well, just to to echo what uh, Dale Talon, the Panthers' general manager, president of hockey operations, he brings that up all the time about getting these young players. You have to get experience and experience uh, the high level of playoff hockey that a lot of our young players have been void of, and, and that except for that that series um, a few years ago against the New York Islanders that the Panthers should have won that series. Uh, this is going to be a, a big stepping stone for them, and and I'm very, I'm very curious, like everybody else, how, how they're going to handle, handle the pressure of playoff hockey where every shift, the intensity uh, of every shift, uh, it, it has to be executed. In that, um, but it's a it's a big learning period for them. And then under the circumstances of of how this is being put together, and a short training camp, and then bang right into this playoff round, um, it, it, uh, my mind wanders as I've said, all over the place of how this, uh, how the our young team is going to handle this. Are they going to come out and and be world beaters, or is it going to take a couple of games to really get their? Get the systems down again. We just don't know. That's where the leadership of this hockey club and I have a real sense of of of, of confidence in the coaching staff led by Joel Quinville. He's going to prepare this hockey club, and I'm excited for it. and Hopefully, they take advantage of it because it's it's it, it could possibly be the greatest time of their lives, their professional lives, if they have success in the, in this in this uh, this year's playoffs.
0: And Randy, we've got a lot of time to preview this series as we get closer to it. But when you look at it, obviously, you've got two of the winningest coaches in the history of the sport. And you've got, you know, uh, two teams that have a, have a bit of history against each other and familiar faces from the last time that these two teams met in a series. And uh, you've got the Panthers who were playing some of their best hockey of the season right before the pause. The Islanders were reeling a little bit right before the pause after they had that. That great start to the year. Two teams that uh, that are very sound in a lot of different ways. You've got the Panthers in the explosive offense, and you've got the Islanders in that structure under Barry Trotz. When you look at the series, what intrigues you most about the matchup?
2: You just took the words right out of my mouth there, Mr. <laughs> so that That is, uh, you know, it's going to come down to can the Panthers offense uh, they have a much better offensive uh, team than the New York Islanders, but the Islanders are known as their structured defense. So the offense against the defense. If if, if Sergei Bobrovsky is named the first star of this series, the Panthers will win. Um they uh goaltending. We saw up front the in the three games that the Panthers played, the Islanders, how well goaltending was for both teams and especially for the New York Islanders and Thomas Grice and Alarmoff how well they played against the Florida Panthers and, and frustrated when the Panthers for the most part the Islanders won all three of those games, but the two of them were one goal and the other game was an empty net goal for a two-goal win. But the Panthers could have won all three of those games and big parts of those games, that uh, those matches, the Panthers outplayed the Islanders except for the goaltending. I think the goaltending edge had to go to the uh, New York Islanders. So that's what's going to play out. That's what I'm looking for. The offense of the Panthers against the defense and the goaltending of the New York Islanders, hey, it, it, it's going to be a great, great low-scoring series, I believe, and hopefully the Panthers' offense, um, and especially on the power play, which they struggled against the Islanders this year in the three-game series, that, uh, that they can come through with Hoffman and, and Huberdeau and, and um, Yandel back on defense. That's going, to be a, that's going to be one of the keys for me.
1: Randy, this is the last one for me. I think, you know, if you look behind the benches, I don't think it gets any better in the entire playoffs this year than Joel Quenville versus Barry Trotz. Is that kind of the game within the game, kind of watching how those guys manage their rosters in a five-game series?
2: Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to I have the utmost respect for uh, both these coaches that have had enormous success in their careers and Barry Trotz and the way that they can take the rosters, what they have, and Barry, Barry Trotz... Uh, he realizes that he's maybe doesn't possess some of the best offense in the National Hockey League like other high-scoring teams like Toronto and, and Tampa Bay and Boston and Washington, but he's able to get his team to play in, in the system that he demands, and they win a lot of low-scoring games. And the same thing with Joel Quenville. Quenville realizes what he has as well, with the high-octane offense and a very potential and potent power play. And he's going to play to his strengths as well, as we just talked about. It's going to be offense against defense who's going to win out, and hopefully the Panthers, they have a much quicker team, skating team, and that needs to be on their side uh, in a positive as well.
0: Well, Randy, we thank you very much for stopping by here on Territory Talk today, and we're going to have a a lot of time to continue previewing the series. We can't wait to get more of your insight as we, uh, again, get to that light at the end of the tunnel, get to the very important hockey games that lie ahead when those games uh, end up happening. But uh, but Randy, we, we thank you very much again for stopping by today.
2: Well, and it's my pleasure. And I'm very—I was very excited about being asked to be going on the world famous podcast <laughs> for, for, for with the Florida Panthers. So, thanks for including me, and we will talk to you guys down very, very soon.
0: Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Huge thanks to Randy Moeller for stopping by on this week's edition of Territory Talk, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And Near the end of that conversation, we had a chance to get into some aspects of this upcoming qualifying round series between the Panthers and the New York Islanders. and Of course, talking about the coaching matchup. I know that's something that is really going to be in the spotlight as far as the hockey world goes. When you've got coaches like Joel Quinn and Barry Trotz, who I know have a ton of respect for each other. They both have so much respect around the hockey world, not only for what they're doing right now, but for their places historically as far as coaching goes. That's a great matchup. These teams do a lot of different things well, and that's going to make for an intriguing matchup on the ice. And as we've talked about, in the case of all these series, you're going to have most of these teams, that they're all in the same boat. They've all had a layoff. They're all going to be diving right in and playing games really with the season on the line. And for the most part, a lot of these teams are going to be rested and healthy. If there were teams that had injuries before the uh, before the pause, they have a chance to rest up. If there were teams that maybe were struggling before the pause, they have a chance to reset. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out once we get going. Jameson, you have a little nugget for us here on the series, I know, today.
1: Yeah, like you said, we're going to, you know, every week we, we got to preview a little bit because we have so much time to preview the series. We want to do a just a little bit of digging each week uh, some fun statistics things like that that we think you know may factor in but I got to say first I just miss seeing Randy I mean people people, listeners don't really know I mean uh, you we know, see him every day me you yep. Katie Gauz, and Randy we, we're at a, a pod of four deaths we're, we're five feet from each other every single day up until the pause so I, I definitely miss not only Randy but Katie as well uh, I know we keep in touch with her but still not the same as you know being in the same room so uh, another one of those things is you look forward to things to get back to normal I look forward to seeing those guys again uh, definitely as well as hockey coming back but looking you know, zeroing in on the Panthers Islanders series. We've talked about things like, you know, fourth line depth. We've talked about kind of momentum going into the series, you know, how they did going into the pause, the Islanders, and the Panthers, obviously the Panthers on an uptick, the Islanders kind of on a slump. Does that factor in? We talked about that on previous episodes. Go check it out. But for this one, I'm I'm focusing on one statistic and that's one that, it's important for any team in the league but specifically the Panthers. We all know how good the Panthers are when leading after two periods. Like most teams in the league, they have a great record when leading after two periods because at that point you just got to hold on, you got to you know just push to the finish line. But going earlier than that, you know, the Panthers after one period this season, if they have a lead, they're 16-1 and 3 when they're leading after 20 minutes. And that's an incredible stat there, especially for a team like the Panthers where you look at in the season and you said, "Hey, there were times when you know they went up four goals and they blew the lead, things like that." But actually when you you really deep in it, you look at it, um, Um, If they struggled in the first period, they typically struggled the whole game. If they did well in the first period, they typically went on to do great things, as evidenced, like I said, by that 16-1-3 record. So, hot starts, especially in a best-of-five series, when maybe you can really you know, swing momentum in your favor. There's no crowd to swing in your favor. There's not going to be any crowd noise in there. There's not going to be anyone uh, to win over or opposing crowd to silence. Uh, You kind of have to get yourself pumped up. So, I think even more so, uh, based on that, is if you do maybe demoralize a team early, you do take a 2-0 lead going into the second period, I think that can maybe carry even farther than it would during a regular season game and regular scenario. Uh, And on the flip side, the Islanders, uh, eight... 11-3 11-3 when trailing after one period, which obviously isn't that great a record. But at the same time, I believe that's the third best record in the league in that scenario. So it just goes to show you that even if you're one of the best teams in the league at coming back when trailing after one, it's still really hard. And, and a lot of teams just don't do it. So for the Panthers, uh, I think you know the first period of that first game is going to be their biggest 20 minutes of the entire year. But after that, obviously going forward, I think the first period is going to dictate a lot of who wins and loses these games. couple things on that. You look at the Panthers, and what
0: that tells you is when they have a good start, they keep it up. The other thing it tells you is the Islanders – their record in that scenario is among the best in the league in terms of coming back after being down after a period what that tells you is they don't dig themselves too big of holes in the first period. Now, the thing keep with it tight. they they do keep it tight. Now, the thing on that if the Panthers are able to build multi-goal leads, the Islanders also don't have that quick strike ability that maybe a team like Toronto or like Tampa Bay or like Washington possesses if you can build a multi-goal lead against the Islanders, it gets a little more difficult for them, the way they play,
1: to come back in a game like that so and, and, and you think about that I mean we talked to the Panthers this season obviously they had you know a pair of crazy four goal comebacks this year against Boston and Anaheim they've had a lot of other smaller comebacks than that that were still just as epic so this is a team that's come back a lot this season and you talk to guys after games and pretty much every guy in that uh, every guy in that room has told us you know there's a confidence in there that uh, no matter how far they're down no matter what the score is they feel like they can come back and they feel like they have the weapons to come back and they actually prove that like I said multiple times this season where maybe if you look at the other side of the ice to the Islanders if they're down three goals after after after, you know, half a game. Do they really think they got, the, like you said, the firepower to come back and, and, and be, beat a team like that? I don't know. I don't know if they have that. So uh, that just ties in once again to what we're saying. If the Panthers can jump out to an early lead, put all the pressure on the Islanders, not only their defense, but put all the pressure on their goal scorers to find, you know, have to find those goals because the Islanders have won so many games this year. 2-1, you know, 3-2, not really asking a lot from their goal scorers. So if, if they push the pressure early on over to the Islanders and their scorers, I think uh, the results are going to be very, very good for the Panthers.
0: So it's the Panthers and the Islanders. And just a minute mentioning another point that you brought up the importance of that first game and even going off the importance of the starts Colton Seaver we talked with him about that a little mm-hmm. bit last week and you know he he said as much that especially in a in a five game series if you have a slow start that's going to be magnified that's going to be even more potentially devastating than it would be in a seven game series seven game series a little more leeway you have a little bit of a ch- uh, time to find yourself yeah the way but in I look at a game
1: series you don't have that same time uh, game two of a seven game series if you lose the first game isn't a must. Win it'd be a nice to win, but you can still come back. Game two of a best of five series. If you lose the first one, I think that's already must win territory. That that, that just becomes so You're hard. You're
0: getting to do or, do or die. At
1: that to point. have to win three straight games in a best of five, uh, that's do or die. That's really tough. So I think, like you said, I think uh, the moment you win that first game, I think. Pretty much all the chips are in your favor. It's all house money at that point. At that point, it's just about finishing the job.
0: So it's the Panthers and the Islanders. Obviously, no times and dates yet, but we will continue to preview this qualifying round series as we get closer and closer to it. That's about it for us today on this week's edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented, as always, by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Jameson, before we bid farewell, anything you'd like to say to the folks out there?
1: No, just you know. uh, Thanks for tuning in. The the thing I have noticed is uh, we've had you know great uh, amount of listeners throughout this entire pause. We really appreciate all you guys that have been tuning in, you know, despite the lack of hockey, just to hear Doug and I talk about uh, hockey and uh, and a bunch of other stuff. We really appreciate you guys, our diehard listeners. But at the same time, uh, we've noticed uh, a strong uptick the past couple weeks as well with people coming back, and I think that's even more exciting, knowing that people are tuning back in, getting excited for hockey again, which is great. But other than that, you know, we'll see you Thursday, two p.m. Twitch.tv slash FLA Panthers Barkovers, Huberto, Battle of the Century, Best of Three Series in NHL 20. It's going to be great. You
0: don't want to miss it. And then next week on Territory Talk, I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss as far we'll as break it down. that goes. We will break it down. So we've got lots to cover as we continue in the week's head. New material each and every Wednesday, right here on Territory Talk, FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast, You can find us there. Again, new material each and every Wednesday and all the archived episodes there as well until next time want to say thanks to all of you for tuning in want to say thanks to Randy Moeller for stopping by this week for Jameson Olive I'm Doug Plagans thanks again and we'll talk to you next week
1: thanks for listening to Territory Talk the official podcast of the Florida Panthers for
0: all your Panthers news and information follow FLA Panthers on Twitter